Hello San Pedro Podcast, episode 17. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, How are you guys enjoying the rain? Four days in a row now and it's been quite relentless. Um, I like the rain. I think it's great and I think it's what we need, Um, but I don't enjoy driving in it. That would be my one complaint about it. Um, Also, I realized I am completely unprepared for rainy weather. I had to borrow a rain jacket for my mom. So thanks, mom. I appreciate it. Um, Real quick, shout out to all of you amazing, courageous, bold, and strong uh, life changers who are out there striking. Um, If you're a part of the teacher strike or if you're a student or if you're a parent who are standing with teachers, we know it's not easy. You're not getting paid. This is a huge inconvenience, but this is not, not important. This is a very important time in our history and I believe that you guys are really on the right side of history Um, so just stick with it we're with you we support our teachers and uh, good luck out there stay safe Um, before we get into the episode I kind of want to just give you guys a heads up so let's talk for a moment about what San Pedro is experiencing so we know that we are facing gentrification it honestly is just taking place uh, right now in this very moment in time. Um, With the redevelopment of Ports of Call and the coming of the San Pedro Public Market and the coming of boutique hotels to the downtown area, which is a little bit new for us, um, and even more, you know, not high rises, but, you know, tall uh, condominium buildings being in construction right now, it's changing. It's totally changing. And um, we're going to see a lot of people get priced out of this community. Uh, And it happens in every single city that gets redeveloped. Um, And so what what I wanted to do in this episode, um, and the reason I asked Stephanie to be a part of it, and I'm so glad she was able to sit down with me and um, talk about San Pedro from her her perspective. Um, One of the reasons I wanted her to talk to me today was because she actually has a perspective of not only a transplant, you know, a newcomer um, from Rancho Cucamonga who has made herself home here in San Pedro, but she's also a real estate investor. And she has been in the real estate and development industry from the beginning of her career. Um, So I wanted to hear from that perspective. I wanted to hear from somebody who is actually new to town, who has seen the opportunity here and who is gonna see a lot of profits when um when the time comes um because here's the thing yes a lot of people are going to be priced out of the market and people are going to have to leave um that's called displacement there's going to be a lot of lower income families who will no longer afford uh who will no longer be able to afford to live in this community and that is a sad reality 
but um, you know, I would I would hope that we as a community can kind of rally together to make sure that that happens at a very 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 small scale if it has to happen at all. Um, you know, that's why I did the homelessness episode with Amber Shake Ginsburg, who sat down with me to see how we can how we can take care of our homeless neighbors um, and what we can do for those families who are um, lower income. Uh, but in this episode, I wanted to talk about the positive sides of what we're going to see here um, take place in San Pedro. So while we know that the home prices are going to go up and it's going to be harder for people to buy a home, what does this mean for the people who already own a home in San Pedro? For the people who are homeowners, this is a good thing. This is more money in their pocket. And if anyone's going to profit from all of this redevelopment, shouldn't it be us, the ones who've been in the community our whole lives? Shouldn't it be the people who have invested here already and chose to grow, you know, grow their families here? Um, so her and I kind of explore that topic a little bit. Uh, we automatically, and I say we as, you know, residents of the community, we kind of, I feel like, discount ourselves from the changes, you know, we don't feel like we are going to be able to see opportunities here because this is where we live. We're not real estate investors. We just live here. Uh, we're not looking at um, Zillow and checking out the multifamily units and we're not looking at the, um, you know, the rising home prices and looking for opportunities. We are not opportunistic in that way because that's not what we are. But real estate investors are looking here and they are seeing opportunity and they are seeing gems. Here's a thought. What if those of us and I mean, those of us who have means, because I do realize that not everybody has means to do this. But what about those of us in town who do have means, who have their, you know, retirement set up, they have extra in the bank, they can send their kids to college and who are still making a very comfortable income. What if those of us who have the means actually saw San Pedro as their place to make a little money and cement their roots here in this community? Um, you know, my fear is that as things change and as this community develops and it gets higher priced and people are priced out of this community, um, my fear is that these these families that have been here for generations and generations in their homes for decades um, are going to leave. And that would be, honestly, that would be a little sad. I, I would hate to see that. And I know a lot of people feel that way. But what if we could look into our own backyard and see the opportunity? What if instead of a timeshare or instead of a vacation home or instead of a new car or remodeling your house, what if instead of we, of, instead of spending money on those things, we look around and maybe we can be the homeowners and the landlords and not only profit from rental income, but also be the ones who don't increase the rent. Um, because I think if we can do that, then we can make gentrification work for us. Then we can have a say in the changes that are going to take place in this town. 
we can control the narrative. Um, that is just a thought. It is a thought from my own mind um, and something that I kind of bring up to Stephanie for us to discuss. Um, and thank you so much, Stephanie, for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. I love uh, the tiny house lifestyle. And thank you so much for sharing with us about it. Anyways, I don't want to waste any more of the listeners time. I just want to give you guys that heads up because we will talk about these issues. Um, anyways, please listen with an open mind and have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend and a very safe commute. All right. So today on the show, I have Stephanie Treviso. Stephanie is a San Pedro tiny house dweller with 14 years experience in real estate design, development, and investment. She is a San Pedro landlord and has designed and managed projects for international retail brands and is excited for the development of San Pedro area. Thanks so much, Stephanie, for being here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. I was really excited when you reached out. Um, I love Tiny Houses. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite shows on HGTV, which is, I think it's it's just called like Tiny House. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my dad got obsessed with it. And of course, I watch it with him all the time when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. What got you interested in tiny homes? So when I was in junior high, I wanted to be a tiny, uh, not a tiny house designer, because that didn't exist back then, but I wanted to be an RV designer. So we'd go all over as kids in an RV, and I thought it was so cool. So I later studied interior design, and then I got into development, and I got into multifamily property. And when we, my husband and I were looking for our... our our property at that time we came across the tiny houses here in Pedro and I was so excited it took some convincing to get my husband to move into 325 <laughs> square feet especially with a hundred pound German Shepherd and oh a my, Chihuahua oh my but yeah. <laughs> we did it we've actually been living there now for I want to say two full years mm -hmm. I love it it's really interesting I never would have like probably committed to the full lifestyle if it wasn't part of another plan but I definitely see how the lifestyle is appealing I, I like also that I don't have to live on wheels because most of the tiny houses are on wheels right and that one would have been really hard to sell okay so these are like stationary yes. like built on kind of like permanent foundation yeah homes. so they're four freestanding little houses mm -hmm. each one's 325 square mm -hmm. feet um, I've been told that they were built there as temporary housing for the war, but I've heard a few stories about them, which is cool. I mm -hmm. feel like we, we own this little gem. The, oh, for reals. I, it's so funny because when we were looking for an apartment after my husband and I got married last mm -hmm. year, you know, something came over me and I get on these whims every now and then where I'm just like, I get really convinced that, that we can do something. And so living in a tiny house was one thing. <laughs> I was like, we could find a tiny house. Like, we'll just own this little lot. You know, we don't, we don't have to own a big house. We just need a little lot and we can live on less and we can get rid of more shoes and we can like cut our closets in half. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out. <laughs> and actually we found a really great deal on, um, on a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment yeah. with two parkings and laundry. Like we scored, you know, so yeah. we'll probably be there for a while. But I love the tiny house movement and I love the lifestyle. Um, well, before we get into all that and your business, I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself. Um, you told me you weren't from San Pedro. No, I actually grew up in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. Um, I think now most people know where Rancho Cucamonga is, but when I grew up there, there was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there, it was like a 20 minute ride to the grocery store. There was literally nothing. Um, so I lived there until I was 18 and then I moved like 
eight times in the last 15 years being in development and then also owning income property. Mm-hmm. I either moved because that's where work was or because there was an investment. So I've hopped around quite a bit. Very cool. Um, yeah. No, things have changed so much too if, for that area, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are moving out towards like... Yeah. Now America. like there's Victoria Gardens, there's like malls there, but there was nothing there. I think there were like more coyotes than people when I lived there. There was mm-hmm. nothing. So what did you, um, you studied like development and design in school, is that right? Yeah, I studied interior design, I have a bachelor's in interior design. Mm-hmm. Well, if you had anything to do with this place that we're in right now, <laughs> I can totally see it. It is beautiful in here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, you did then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Um, that's like, I love design. I think that's part of the reason I love like owning rental properties too. I, I have like this passion for making things look nice and like feel nice to live in mm-hmm. on a budget because anyone could really design something nice with the endless amounts of money but right. for me to get something to look nice be nice to live in and still cash flow is a fun challenge yes i can imagine um so where did you study um i actually got my associates from fitum in downtown oh, la right. yeah girls. we I are totally when you reached out you told me that yeah this was like a few weeks back right we've been trying to yeah. make this happen for a while so yeah yeah so i got my uh, associates from fitum mm-hmm. and then i got my bachelor's from uh, the art institute very cool yeah that is so exciting i love meeting fellow fitum girls yes um yeah my I, sister's actually an alum from fitum also what did she study uh beauty so because she used to oh, um yeah. do do like beauty product manufacturing okay i can't wait to talk to your sister too <laughs> um you guys are gonna love her episode as well um two amazing sisters here in the local san pedro area i'm really glad i got these interviews um so tell me what brought you to san pedro So my husband and I sold our house in North Hills in the Valley, Mm -hmm. and we were looking for a multifamily property Mm -hmm. anywhere in LA that cash flowed. So the the properties we were looking at weren't in the greatest neighborhoods, and I'm like, well, I'm willing to live in it, but I'd like to at least like the area. So the way the process goes with multifamily, a lot of times you submit a whole bunch of offers and you don't see it until an offer is accepted. Mm -hmm. So we were just writing offers like crazy. And our offer got accepted here in San Pedro, and I had been here a couple of times as a kid because my dad would like to come down to the fish market. Mm -hmm. Then my husband at the time was working for Princess Cruises, so he was always down here. Um, but I hadn't been down here in years, so we opened escrow on this property and we came down one evening after work mm-hmm. and like all the festoon lights were on and I was like, oh my god, it's close to the beach. I love the beach. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited. I remember telling my husband like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. Yeah. It's funny because it's kind of backwards because I didn't even come to drive by the property before we put the offer. I was like, yeah. oh, it'll cash flow. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so- when the numbers <laughs> work, you kind of just, I get it. Yeah, yeah, so we came down and we saw it and I was like, oh my god, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing our inspection and we were sitting in front of the property um, and the property manager at the time was outside and people were passing by mm-hmm. saying hi to the tenants and saying hi to the property manager. And like where I've lived in the past, people don't know each other. I'm like, yeah. either every, like how do these, all these people know each other? Yeah. And I thought that was a little strange, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then we moved in, which was almost a full year later because it's income property and we right. remodeled. Um, and I realized people actually do all know each other and I thought it was so cool. Like mm-hmm. now I can walk a couple blocks, I'll see either my tenant or I'll see somebody that I know 
who lives around here and I love that having never grown up somewhere like that mm -hmm. it seems so cool it feels like a small town but you're in Los Angeles still technically yeah I that's probably one of my favorite things about Pedro is that Yes, it's L.A., but it's probably one of the few places in L.A. that really feels small town. Yes. Yeah, and just, like, running into everybody. Like, do you go to Target and just run into everyone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I moved down here, and I'm like, I loved it. Of course, everyone's like, that's not the greatest neighborhood a few years back because we bought in 2015, I mm -hmm. want to say. And I was like, well, I don't know. We'll see. It's not like I've lived in the greatest neighborhoods in the past. So I was like, it'll yeah, work. And right. then I moved out here. I was like, oh, my God, I love it. And I started telling, like, everybody how much I love Pedro. Mm -hmm. um, and so now my sister lives down here. She moved my dad down here. She actually lives three blocks from me. Uh -huh. You can almost see my house from her balcony. Oh I'm gosh, like, everyone needs to move to San Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I know is already like, okay, we get it, Stephanie. You like it there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that about you because I kind of feel like the same way. You know, I always try to get my best friends. Like, okay, my best friend from Fitum, mm -hmm. uh, we became best friends through there. Um, I keep trying to get her to come this way. She's yeah. in Santa Clarita. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work. She just um, <laughs> met a guy in Camarillo. Oh. We've been dating for a long time. So she's getting further away. But <laughs> um, I do, I'm the one who like always tries to get people to come here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My sister also, like before they got in this location, they were at a WeWork in Manhattan Beach. Oh, cool. And they're like, oh, we th think we want more space. I'm like, you have to come to San Pedro. There's this corner. Yeah. And like I've seen this, this space vacant for a long time. And mm -hmm. I always get excited when they put paper on the windows. I'm like, something's going to open. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they were looking, I was like, I know the perfect place. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just love it here. <laughs> um, I remember when this place was vacant and even my parents were looking at it like, wow, what a cool space. Mm -hmm. You know, I, they, I think they always dreamed of starting a business at some point, but you know, never really ready to pull the trigger on anything. Um, but I remember all of us looking at it being like, oh, look at this. There's an upstairs. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited to actually be in this space. And you guys have turned it into an amazing, beautiful space. Thanks. Um, so what were some of the things that you really started to love once you came to St. Pedro? Like other than the beach and everything, mm -hmm. but like what are some quirks that you noticed? There's a lot of creative people and being mm -hmm. somebody with a creative background, that's one thing I like really appreciate. Like all the cool little shops mm -hmm. and like little boutiques. I If you just drive through, you don't really notice they're here. But I think especially when my sister opened her business and then like more people started to come by, mm -hmm. like. There's so many creative people, mm -hmm. and I've met some people they are like, yeah, this is the new Venice. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's like a cool, like, the, I like the creativity of it, yeah. and I know there are some, like, negative perspectives, but personally, I don't see it. Maybe I'm just, like, in love. I'm, yeah. like, I just You're love it here. <laughs> I just think it's, like, the greatest place ever, yeah. and we knew that the development was coming at the waterfront. We actually purchased right before the lease was officially signed. Okay. So we were like, well, there's a pretty good chance it'll happen. Either way, I like it there. Yeah. Um, so I love the community, the creativity, and then also investment-wise, it's one of the least expensive beach cities in Los Angeles. I know. Um, and that's amazing. Like, when I bought down here, I'm in real estate, of course, so I told all of my friends. A few of my friends have bought, brought, pro bought property down here. Uh-huh. And it's amazing because you get something at an affordable price that yeah. cash flows and it's in a great neighborhood right. and it's something like, oh, I would like keep this or I would live in this. Mm -hmm. I think that was my kind of dilemma when we were looking for 
income property other places. I'm like, I wouldn't live here though. Mm-hmm. Like I would if I had to, but I wouldn't really want to. Yeah. And so when we moved here, we only planned to be here a year, mm-hmm. especially since it was a tiny house. <laughs> so in 2017, we're like, oh, we're going to buy something else. We ended up buying another quad here in Pedro. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my husband and I are like, we can see ourselves staying here. Like we actually really, really like it. I love to hear that. And and you know what? I I understand that there's like concerns and I'm sure you're aware of them as well, like with all the redevelopment and you know, housing is becoming less and less affordable and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a concern and I understand that because being an investor and having tenants, like we get that feedback quite a bit, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just about the money. And like, I would like people to understand it is about money. Some of us make our living that way, but at the end of the day, we do really want to improve properties. And especially those of us that own residential multifamily, which is four units and below, mm-hmm. we're not like rolling in money. Like it yeah. is profitable, but yeah. it's I don't, I don't think it's nearly as profitable as people think to think that their landlord's doing things to be mm-hmm. like, to be greedy right? because we do like we do increase rents but we increase at the rate of inflation we're under rent control so we're definitely heavily restricted as far as what we can do but we do want to provide a great place to live I think me also having a interior design background Mm -hmm. like I want nice units I want it to be beautiful I want like people to enjoy where they live Mm -hmm. Um, so not all investors are kind of just like just give me the money. I would say a lot of people who invest really do take pride in their property mm-hmm. and they want to provide a great place to live. And it's at the end of the day, it is business, but yeah. there is a lot of heart behind that. And we love, like, I personally like love San Pedro. Like I would love to, my like passion projects, just finding existing units and making them beautiful because the architecture and like, like the tiny houses, so many people are like, you know, you can demo all those and build like four small lot, us uh, small lot subdivision I'm like yeah but they have so much history they're yeah. so cute like I know I could probably make three times as much money but I love that like that they're part of the community yeah I absolutely love that I really do I love that you're preserving it and you're just making it nicer and you're making it available you know to I had no idea that tiny houses were in San Pedro so when you <laughs> when you hit me up on like Instagram it was Instagram right yeah, yeah. when you hit me up on Instagram I got so excited I remember telling my husband like hey she has tiny houses we can yeah. still live in a tiny house <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like so my background being in development, I think that's why I also got excited because I know because of code, you can't legally build that small anymore on a foundation and be connected to city sewer and water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a cheat of how, of a tiny house because I still have public utilities and yeah. they're legal. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what got me really excited. I'm like, that should be preserved. Like, it's really cool mm-hmm. that like they're here and they're like they're allowed to be here they're grandfathered in so if I ever knock them down I couldn't do it again which I think is really cool like it's so interesting I absolutely love it and I love that you didn't like just demolish them and put something new you know I really love that you're you know you see it as a treasure and you know to us I think it would be um you know to the people like in your community right yeah I absolutely love that um so what were some of the challenges you faced when you transitioned into tiny house living? <laughs> so it was kind of a two-phase project. We moved out of a like I think it was like 1,700 square foot house in the valley, and we moved out of there. And then we bought in San Pedro, but since it's under rent control, like 
tenant had to decide to leave, we remodeled, so it was some time after that. So in the meantime, we lived in a property in Pomona. We have a triplex there, and my mom lives in one of the units. We lived in the unit above her. So that was downsizing, so we went to 1100s. We got rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then when we came over to the tiny house, I thought I got rid of enough stuff. <laughs> and then I realized 325 square feet is very small. So I got rid of a whole lot more. I started researching like capsule wardrobes, oh which is God. actually fascinating. And now that I- What I've, is a capsule wardrobe? So it's like this idea that you only have like 30 to 50 pieces of clothes in your wardrobe yeah. and you kind of mix them to make different mm -hmm. um, outfits. Yeah. And I have to admit, I have way more than 30 to 50. But like the idea is really interesting and living with less and while researching that, like the whole idea behind tiny houses is like reducing your carbon footprint and having less of an impact on the environment, which is also really like, that's great to me. I think that's really interesting. One mm -hmm. thing that I didn't realize it would do that now I realize is big sort of motivator behind tiny house living is it frees up a lot of time. Like when your house is that small, you don't spend hours cleaning it. Like mm -hmm. it's clean in 20 minutes. It's also like dirty in 20 seconds, but, <laughs> but there's uh, so much less to do. Yeah. And I really don't go shopping very much unless I need something because it doesn't fit. So it's like what I have, I love, which is really interesting because in the past it was just kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, I like this, I'm gonna buy it. Now it's like, I like this, where is it gonna live? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a different mindset and it's been really interesting to experience that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably one of the, the things I heard most about tiny house living and, and this is just from the shows that I watched because I've never met anybody <laughs> who lived in a tiny house so this is really cool um, but yeah that basically they are down to like three pairs of shoes each and it's literally like <laughs> you know your flats your heels your nice heels which which could transition to like dressy or yeah. not dressy right and then you have like your sneakers or something else you yeah. know and three might be exaggerating maybe it's like five <laughs> but it's not right it's mostly no. three <laughs> yeah like my husband probably has less shoes i have like a thing for shoes like comfortable shoes not comfortable shoes mm -hmm. so mine live we have one of those beds that like come up and mm -hmm. stuff lives under the bed there's also stuff that lives under the couch you just find like interesting ways to hide stuff right. <laughs> or things that have like multiple purposes are always useful. When I was trying to convince my husband that we could live in a tiny home, um, and I, this is before I found one, especially <laughs> in the area, I, was, I think I was thinking more like a granny flat, you know, mm -hmm. being in someone's like backyard, um, which I don't even know anybody with a backyard <laughs> big enough, but um, in my head, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could just, you know, I basically wear the same thing every day anyways, <laughs> like I wear, you know, black pants and a sweater or a jacket, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I would basically just be rotating it and getting rid of all the stuff I don't wear on a regular basis, you know? Yeah. I probably have, I've counted, I think I have like 30 pairs of shoes. Mm -hmm. Since then, I've gotten rid of a few, but they're all heels. They're all, like, almost all of them are, like, stilettos or yeah. nice going out shoes that I never wear, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Especially now that I've had my kid, I'm never going <laughs> I like the idea of, um, you know, the tiny house lifestyle because it does it's not like a consumer lifestyle yeah. you know we're spending less money on things and we're spending more time in you know with people you know and yeah. enjoying our, our like our lifestyle and exploring i feel like that's one reason we got to know like the san pedro area fast mm -hmm. because 
Like sometimes we would make dinner at home. We're like, we're gonna go eat it somewhere. Like in the summer, we always go to this one flat rock at White Point and we'll like eat our dinner <laughs> there on the rock. Mm -hmm. Or like over here at the waterfront, there's the little picnic tables by the firehouse. We'll go just take dinner there and eat there. Yeah. So it's really cool. Cause like I get to go to different places mm -hmm. and then like we would eat out and just like walking around, walking our dogs. Cause the dogs need exercise. They can't live in a, right. there all day. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really has encouraged me to go out. I feel like I, in the past when I've lived places, like I kind of stayed home a lot. I go, I work, I come home, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But the, since the house is smaller, it encourages me to go and get out and just like explore. Mm -hmm. So it definitely, I think, helps build that like community feeling. Absolutely, I really love that, and I want to. That's what I want more of, you know. And that's another yeah. reason why I'm just trying to, you know, work a little bit closer to home, or mm -hmm. trying to make, you know, some life changes so I can be in my community more. Yeah. Um, you know, this is actually a great time to uh, take a break for our sponsor, and then we'll get right back to it. Sure. Hey guys, can we talk about bad fish real quick? Uh, so not only are they the coolest and most Pedro iconic clothing brand in town, but I know I've personally bought several shirts, hoodies, and hats for my husband, my brother, and myself. I'm very proud to have them as a sponsor, and I can't wait to keep you posted on their latest deals. Be sure to check them out on Instagram at badfishclothing and visit them online at badfishclothing.com. So Stephanie, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about teaching people? Yeah, I spent the last 15 years or so in development. A lot of residential, I did some commercial. Um, I'm really passionate about helping people become investors when they aren't like, they don't want to be a, like a real estate tycoon. They just want to invest to change their future. Right. And it's actually very easy to buy one property and it changed the whole path of your life. Mm -hmm. It could definitely set you up for, if not financial freedom, at least a, a means for covering expenses in retirement or maybe taking an early retirement. And I really like that. Um, when I first started in development, I was 18. So all of the developers, I was like this girl, 18 years old, development, it was all guys. Everyone wanted to give me advice. And I'm glad now that I took it because almost every developer that I worked with started with residential multifamily. And what that means are lots that have four units or less. Mm -hmm. And you purchase those properties the same way you would a regular house, a condo, the loan is exactly the same. You don't have to have any special qualifications. Um, just a little bit of research if it's under rent control to know how it works. Mm -hmm. But it's actually very, very simple or obtainable for the average day like at the average person. And here in Pedro there's so many multifamily yes, lots. Yes, there are so yeah. many. Um, I my husband and I were looking at like homes in the mm -hmm. area and they're all very expensive. <laughs> they're all like, you know, 800,000, the ones that we mm -hmm. were looking at, which are, you know, around Alma and like yeah. Newland and like, um, you know, the Vista del Oro, mm -hmm. you know, um, area, which is beautiful, of course. Um, those homes are really nice and we were looking and they're all like 800,000, I mean, more 900,000, even yeah. a million. And then we came across um, a property. I was like, wow, this is for sale. It's only like 600. And it also happened to be a uh, duplex mm -hmm. it was like a 
it was less than the cost of like a nice home, yeah. you know? Um, which is funny because you think like if it has multiple units, it would be more expensive, mm -hmm. but it was actually really affordable. Yeah. I was really surprised. Yeah, it's interesting. And the whole way multifamily is priced is very different than buying a single family or a condo. Mm -hmm. So understanding that when you're getting into it, uh, it is a little confusing because I know some people are like, well, I don't understand why this one's less or why that one's more mm -hmm. or how, like, how do you price four houses? And there's just different things involved. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever like have any questions or if anyone has any questions, I could seriously like nerd out for days. <laughs> I, I've actually sat at Sirens probably countless hours with like people all meet on like bigger pockets or like okay. friends of friends who are like, oh, I'm thinking about investing in real estate or I'm thinking about becoming a realtor. Um, or they're like remodel, I'm helping a friend remodel a flower shop right mm -hmm. now. Like, I just love that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's interesting, so it's like I, I'm always working, but I think because I like it. Like mm -hmm. if I'm not doing anything, it's like, oh, who wants to remodel something I have? Like, <laughs> I just like it so, like it's definitely my passion. Right, that is so awesome. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because um, in one of the um, recent episodes, I think it was Army with Army Linderborg. Um, she's amazing, she grows fruit and she has like a local fruit like trading group mm -hmm. and it's uh, really cool but one of the things that we talked about was um, like renovating homes and kind of like house flipping um, and one of the things she she was speaking positively about it and it was because they were using local craftsmen to do mm -hmm. the renovations you know um, but we did get a little bit of criticism for it because um, from you know on Instagram someone commented like yes great episode but um, you know, the, the comments about house flipping were really problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that comes from a place of, you know, the fear of gentrification and, um, f from the fear that people are going to be priced out, which mm -hmm. is honestly probably likely in this area, you know, everything's going to be getting more valuable. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and with, you know, as soon as the ports of call is open, I think people are already looking here to invest. So I understand where that came from, um, why they commented that. But at the same time, I think, wow, how awesome would it be if the people from Pedro actually owned the properties in Pedro, yeah. you know? Um, if it wasn't like big real estate de yeah. developers and if it was like our actual Pedro families that have been here for years, snatching up property mm -hmm. so that they can stay here, you know? Yeah, and that's definitely something I, invite people to take that perspective. If you own real estate here in San Pedro now, the value is gonna increase. So that is a good thing for homeowners. And there's so many different ways to leverage the equity in that property. Maybe you do buy another income property and you are somebody who already lived in Pedro and bought somewhere else in Pedro. My husband and I came here a few years ago and we didn't know if we were gonna stay, but after a few months we're like, oh, we're definitely staying. And we bought something else down the street and it's interesting because like the the own, the seller there has like a son who has a chiropractor practice that we had been to, and it's such a small town feel. Yeah. And to really get to know people and like understand these families had been in his family for years. I think they bought it like sixty or seventy years ago, and they took good care of it. And one of the reasons I feel like we actually got it because we weren't the highest offer mm -hmm. for the property was that we are local and my husband connected on like the, with the seller 
because they both like volunteered for the service. The yeah, seller was a veteran. Exactly. So it is a lot more personal when it's on the small scale, I think, than people imagine. Even mm -hmm. some of these developments, they're not always huge firms. Mm -hmm. Like you can easily probably find out, find a project and like who's building that and you could actually meet the owners. And mm -hmm. I have a different perspective because I've worked with developers for so long. Nobody wants to ruin a neighborhood. Right. This is how they make their living and they do actually have the best intentions for improving the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Because if they can contribute positively to a neighborhood, their project will do better, but they also are doing good for the community. and. I know it's kind of mixed emotions yeah. around that. I see the positive and the negatives, you know, yeah. and I think like as we as we kind of start seeing, you know, the renovations happen and we start seeing the development, um, I think people are a little bit more on edge, right? Yeah. And they're they don't know what to think of it. Um, and the truth is, even like um, Angel Romero said it in like the first episode of the year, she was like, it's coming, you know, we are going to see a lot of changes in this community. There's going to be people who can't afford to live here anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if we approach that and we get ready for it, we can start to strategize right now about how we can stay here. You yeah. Know? How are we not going to get priced out? And I think that you know, investing, like you said, maybe picking up one of these properties, you know, I know not everybody has the means to do mm -hmm. it, but if somebody from this community who has the means to do it, did it, and then also let people from the community, you know, yeah. rent there for affordable prices, I mean, I think this is a good way to stay in shape, you Definitely. know? Definitely, and I think a lot of people like the idea mm -hmm. of investing and like the idea of maybe having income property but they don't know how right and then like on the internet or on on like tv there's like buy this investment course for fourteen thousand dollars and the thing <laughs> is you don't necessarily have to take that approach mm -hmm. if you find somebody who know like I, so i'm a realtor so i make money on commission if my clients want to buy income property it's my job to then educate them about buying income property, mm -hmm. point them in the right directions for what they need. So that information is actually available to, if you need a realtor, it's mm -hmm. get, they're getting paid by the seller, it's free to you. Yeah. Like even to sit down and just talk, there's so many resources to figure out how to make it possible. Mm -hmm. Bigger Pockets, I love the Bigger Pockets podcast and okay, they have I an have online to, community. I have to get my phone out and yeah. like follow them. <laughs> yeah, they have an online community that's great. Yeah. Actually, I've had coffee with a bunch of people from there. That's so there's cool. There's so much free information on yeah. how to do it. I think you're so right about that because um, I, I was in that community of like really early on, like this mm -hmm. is right after high school. I met up with one of my old teachers who was very involved with kind of like um, one of those programs where you yeah. kind of have to invest a lot of money up front and then they teach you about real estate investing, yeah. you know? And um, the information was great, but there was no reason for that upfront investment. You know yeah. what I mean? The the truth of, um, of the matter was that the wealth of knowledge was among, you know, kind of the peers, our yeah. peers. Uh, we learned the most from our friends that we met there. <laughs> yeah, and the people who've done it for years. Yes. Like, I, I've 
since I got out of high school, I was in like the real estate development industry. So it's really all I know. Ask me how to, I do not know how to use a register. I don't know how to make a <laughs> cup of coffee. I don't know how to like take someone's order at a restaurant. Like I don't know how to do anything else. So I was fortunate in that way that mm -hmm. I, I got trained in the field and mm -hmm. I saw a lot of stuff and I was able to experience all of that. Yeah. And I love to share that. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I bring the most value yeah. to people. That's awesome. I want to share a story because I just met up with somebody um, this past weekend and she, you know, she was a transplant. She moved from, I think, Hermosa Beach or maybe Redondo Beach with her husband. She basically married a Pedro boy mm -hmm. and he had just bought his property. And it, at the time, it was like um, maybe 10 years ago or so, or maybe even longer. At the time, it wasn't a great area. Mm -hmm. It was over here like Mesa and 11th, you know, and it was yeah. rough. And she said the first time that um like one of the first within the first week that she stayed there there was like a shooting <laughs> outside and she hated pedro she said she hated pedro for the longest time um and then she got to know the community and she started to make friends and she got to see the other parts of town yeah and realized what a great like place it is um they were able to move out of that duplex that they were at and they went um you know, a little bit in more inland or mm -hmm. up the hill a little bit. And now they have the duplex and they kept it. And yeah. she said it's been so good for them. And yeah. not only that, they have um, one unit in the back actually. So it might be a, a triplex or they might've built, mm -hmm. added another one. Um, but they always partner with Harbor Interface, uh, Interfaith to put somebody who is trying to get back mm -hmm. on their feet. Yeah. And I think what an amazing way to not only provide, you know, affordable rent for people who can afford affordable rent, yeah. but help somebody else get back on their feet, yeah. you know, like what a dream to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing I love about like the smaller landlords, like you do actually want to provide somewhere nicer for mm -hmm. your tenants. I know like they're when we first bought one of our properties, we got some mixed feedback from some of the tenants because there was a lot of deferred maintenance. Like right. so a lot of the buildings here in Pedro are approaching 100 years old. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's like you have a new landlord and then they're like in your house for every month for like three months, but we're <laughs> fixing things. Yeah. <laughs> like uh -huh. we're there and we're not trying to push anyone out. It's yeah. just we're really trying to make it a better mm -hmm. unit because if, if we don't take care of the problems, they become bigger problems. Right. And that's what I always tell like my, our tenants or people who rent. It's like, if there's a leak in your bathroom, don't be afraid to tell your landlord because a leak, it might cost $200 to fix. But if you don't say anything, five years go by, you have to redo the whole bathroom because there's mold, it's like uh, $5,000. Right, right. So it's like, feel free to call me if something's not working yeah. or if like something's wrong, mm -hmm. we want to know. Mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, it's like the improvements have to happen a lot because the the buildings are just so much older. Right. So whether it's gentrification or not, a lot of these buildings need some attention. Yeah, I think um, I my first studio, um, it was really cool because it was like a very cozy living room and it had these like double doors to this walk-in closet and then the restroom but if you have the doors closed it looks like there could be like a bedroom back there you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I had a really nice big kitchen and a view of the Vincent Thomas Bridge which uh -huh. was awesome um and I really I really missed my first studio that was really yeah. cool one of the things that kept reoccurring was that the tub like every every I want to say like once every two weeks or so yeah would just get really backed up and it was like 
um, you could tell it wasn't from me because yeah. there, was, there was like shaved hairs and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And um, they informed us like it's a really old, old building, mm-hmm. and that happens every once in a while. So in those cases, do those they just need to be completely redone, like the plumbing? Or yeah, a lot of times things need to be redone. Yeah. Um, we in one of our units we had to move all the electric meters to comply with uh, DWP. And if you're looking to become an investor or to have passive income, it's important to understand those things mm-hmm. because you do collect rental income, but you have some expenses because you, you own the whole property. Right. So it's like just moving electric meters was like $12,000 last oh year. Gosh. And it's like, you really don't get anything in return. There's yeah. like, there, the like there, con- there yeah. is technically return on investment, but it's not like, hey, you want to move in? We have new electric meters. Yeah. Like that's not like a, a <laughs> nice cool thing that anyone really cares about but as a landlord you have to pay for it Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of buildings in this area that are are like that Mm -hmm. and uh, rent control does allow landlords to raise rent for like capital improvements and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of the changes are necessary yeah you own the um, kind of the lot of tiny houses, right? That yeah, you live in? we have four tiny houses. Okay, how is ever so the people that your tenants did they previously live in tiny houses? Well, one of them has been there over twenty years. Oh wow! Uh, the other, I think, like five and one about three. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been there since I bought it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they must like it, but. Okay. It's interesting because I got so excited when we found it because mm-hmm. they're four like freestanding little tiny houses. Right. It's not completely, I guess, the tiny house movement because we're connected to city utilities <laughs> and like I don't have a composting toilet, thank God. I know. But <laughs> you're not off grid. <laughs> it's like I have the fluffy version of a tiny house. Um, but yeah, our tenants have lived there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I would love to see more tiny yeah. houses mm-hmm. pop up. Uh, and it's like a, it's. I feel like the minimalist lifestyle is um, is like a clean zen lifestyle that you know is it's not harmful. Yeah. <laughs> like the opposite of hoarding, and it's a you know I could see that being like a really great lifestyle. Yeah. What's so interesting because a lot of people are like, well, how is that possible in Los Angeles? It's not possible. That's one really great thing about San Pedro is there's actually quite a few of these tiny houses Mm because they were considered temporary housing during the war. Mm -hmm. So people didn't live there full time, but they're still standing Mm -hmm. and they're still grandfathered in by code. So when we remodeled one of the units, the city was very clear that like, if you ever knock this down, not happening again. Cause it's like, it's smaller than it's supposed to be by code. Mm -hmm. Just it's so tiny. It ends up with like a bunch of little code violations. But it's like a jewel. I also feel totally. like I would I would never want to like knock them down because I feel like they're so special they and they have are. so much history. Yeah. I know somebody, I'm not sure if this is true, so if anybody knows, somebody told me that the, the houses that I have there used to be somewhere else because this man's oh. like, oh, I was born in one of these when they were on such and such street. Huh. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So they moved down maybe. Yeah, so they're only about 15 and a half feet wide, so they technically can be moved on the back of like a big rig. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, they could definitely be moved. They're, they're tiny. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, well. I always ask my guests this, um, what are some things that concern you about the, you know, what's happening in Pedro and then what are some things that excite you? Um, I would say what concerns me, we touched a little on it, the negative perspective of the changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand like it's comfortable and it's always been this way. Mm-hmm. and. 
like that idea that people are coming in and changing everything. It's, it's unfortunate, but un there's so much opportunity for everyone. I would like people to have a more positive perspective on it. I think it's great, especially if you've always lived here. You're fortunate enough to like see those changes and be part of the change. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I really like about the San Pedro community is people are really involved and people care. That's one thing that you don't always see other places. Like people care what's going to happen. People go to city hearings, mm -hmm. and you, we as a community really have the opportunity to change how things happen. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. Coming from a development background, I love being part of like big, like physically big things, like the community yeah. changing uh -huh. or this area changing. And I invite people to be involved. Or if there's a project going on close by, like get to know who's building it, who's involved in the project. Mm -hmm. You might be surprised that these aren't the big companies that a lot of times we think they are. Mm -hmm. There might be local people or somebody from a nearby city. There's a there's opportunity here and they're, they're doing what they need to do to make a living. <laughs> I think that because people like have never invested in real estate before, or maybe their parents never did, or it's just so foreign to us, yeah. we automatically discount ourselves from being a part of, you know, this change that's going on. And also, um, we also discount ourselves from actually putting ourselves in a position to stay here, you yeah. know? And I think that if people, um, really were open-minded to it and, and welcoming to the newcomers and the developers, we could find a way to make it a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah, especially those people who already own here. There's so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I know it seems kind of scary when like the house next door has been flipped and this and mm -hmm. that. And it does raise your property values and if you know how to take advantage of that it doesn't necessarily mean you have to move mm -hmm. like i help people buy regular homes too not just income property so mm -hmm. i get like it's an emotional thing right to say like because for me real estate and property has always been like it's been my industry so i haven't had as much attachment to it as a home because everywhere right. i've lived in the last 15 years has been like because I lived there because of work or yeah. it was a project. I feel like you are a little more opportunistic in the fact that like you see it as the asset that it is until it stops serving you. Yeah, you know? and like for yeah. me, my home is like what I take with me every time I move mm -hmm. and like that feeling I have with my family. To me, I Id identify that as home probably because I've also moved like eight times in the last 12 years. But for like personally, if I wanted say I owned a single family house and I wanted to retire early or I really wanted to change my financial situation. Selling that single family home, buying a multi-family home mm -hmm. and living in it, uh, in bigger pockets they call it house hacking, mm -hmm. it can change your whole financial situation. Mm -hmm. You can live there for sometimes nothing, yeah. just paying the utilities. You yeah. have the expenses of, of property maintenance because you are the landlord. But it can definitely offset so many mm -hmm. expenses. And there is some sacrifice, like I get living yeah. in technically a small apartment <laughs> or like having sharing a wall with your tenant isn't the most fun thing, but it's it's definitely priorities. Like right. 
Right. And I can I I can see how it'd be difficult for people who have lived in their homes for years, um, who have accumulated a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking of like my parents, like they have a big garage full of a lot of things yeah. and they I mean, a transition into a smaller place for them would take a lot of work. Yeah. But they're also kind of the perfect fit for it because you know, my youngest brother is going to graduate from high school in maybe like three years, mm -hmm. you know, and for them to downsize at that point would make sense for them financially, even just for a little while to get ahead on things, you know, yeah. to add some, you know, to their retirement. And I, I can definitely see how that would be, um, what do you call it, uh, profitable for mm -hmm. our you know, our residents in Pedro, if they ever wanted to make that change. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to rent to like a stranger, because I know that's weird for a lot of people. Like mm -hmm. if you do convert your garage or add an, a, a unit legally, you could rent it to your son or daughter, mm -hmm. or maybe you like just have family that needs somewhere to stay. Whether you rent yeah. it or not, if it's a legal duplex, it does raise the value of your property. Mm -hmm. Um, for people who aren't interested in being landlords but are interested in, you know, um, maximizing their income, is it easy to kind of get involved with a property management company to do that? Or If you want to work for a property manager, yeah. I would say if you have um, management experience or, or if you've been like in the maintenance field, mm -hmm. um, it's fairly easy to, to get a job and it really it's great to see the inside of like how mm -hmm. what is it like to be a landlord like how much do people actually get called because everyone's always like oh but you get phone calls at midnight that toilets are overflowing i've never gotten a phone call at midnight yeah <laughs> i've gotten a phone call at 8 p.m that there was a mouse in the attic but like it wasn't the end of the world right right yeah well i mean for for people who don't want to be landlords mm -hmm. is there an out for them like a way for them to oh to get a yeah. management company oh yeah. yeah that's so simple okay you definitely factor it in to the uh, overall cost yeah the overall cost so there's different ways of evaluating property mm -hmm. depending on your needs and your goals mm -hmm. some people invest for short-term gains some people invest for long-term gains mm -hmm. um Overall, real estate is kind of a long. <laughs> it makes the it's a most. Long game. Yeah, it, it's a long game. In the beginning, it doesn't make you a whole lot of money because I know people get into real estate and they're like, "Oh, you can make a hundred thousand dollars in thirty days." Like you can, but the chances of that happening on your yeah. first one is no. very slim. <laughs> like, yeah, you definitely got lucky if that happened. But if you wanted to buy something and not ever deal with anything tenant related, ever deal with a broken toilet, mm -hmm. management companies are so easy to find. And there's right. some great ones here in Pedro. There's some great like uh, service providers. We always use local service providers. Mm -hmm. Once they can get there quickly, you develop that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to keep everything in our business local. Yeah. Even if it's just grocery shopping, I'm like, I want to contribute to the community mm -hmm. that I'm in. Yeah. Because it's great to support local businesses. Right. I know. I'm, I'm excited. I really am. And I really would like to see some, you know, I'm thinking of like parents of some of my friends who are living here. Um, I'd like to see some family members really maximize their income and their retirement and also be able to you know, secure their place in this community for a while, you yeah. know, and um, landlords are not bad people. They're not that, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people who have had especially bad experiences, I understand that, um, you know, 
see landlords as like the enemy, but it's not true. No. It, it's um, yeah. your landlord can be anybody, and they can be your you know lifesaver when you when yeah. you really need um a place to live or a break real quick and then you know yeah and landlords need tenants like if we yeah. don't have tenants we don't have a business yeah. so it's in our best interest to keep our tenants happy right. <laughs> like Absolutely. like if we we basically don't have customers if we don't have tenants yeah. so and especially under Los Angeles rent control tenants have so many rights mm-hmm. um, not that any landlord ever wants to like take advantage of a, a tenant but if a tenant is concerned you have so many rights mm-hmm. So um, what are some things that excite you, would you say? Um, I would say the growth and the creativity. There are so many creative people and creative businesses here and in downtown and the stuff that's coming up at the waterfront. That really excites me. And the opportunities that it presents for local Mm -hmm. people, that's one thing I really like about San Pedro. It seems like people who are here stay here. They do. And they develop businesses and they grow. and. It has a unique character because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I really like, is most of the business owners here on like 6th and 7th live here, or they grew up here. Mm -hmm. And that history is still there in the people. Like the the surface might be changing, it might look a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but the people that are here hold that history. Right, yeah, I love that, I love it too. Um, And I'm excited about, like new restaurants popping up yes. and new food places. I don't know. I'm just getting really excited for yeah, a Yeah, there's stuff. like so much yeah. uh, around here. On the weekends, we like walk to dinner. It's so mm-hmm. nice. Like, I think our property has like a 98 walkability score. Of course. I'm like, that's amazing. You guys are really close. I think yeah. you told me, yeah, where you guys are looking. It's so close to all the Yeah, spots. I can walk everywhere. It's like, I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, so you couldn't walk anywhere. Yeah. Like you could walk to a park, but like yeah. I think the closest thing was like a gas station. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't like walk to dinner. You couldn't walk to the waterfront here, mm-hmm. and that's what I really like. And I, I'm really enjoying connecting with new people in the community and just meeting new people. Yeah. And everyone tells you like, oh, like this used to happen. Like even so, one time it rained really bad in the street that we're on. Um, the neighbor was like oh yeah in like i think the 90s or something it flooded like really bad and he pulled out a news article like he it showed the street flooded but like i i'm also a history geek like i grew up going to history museums so Mm -hmm. the fact that people tell me like things that happened when they happened i love that Mm -hmm. and i think that's also why i like buying here because the buildings have so much history like they were here during the war Uh like the fact that they had a purpose and we've now used we now use it for something else Uh and I love that one of the cool things in that apartment that I had that studio apartment is like in the closet it had this like little nook uh-huh. and I think it was maybe for your telephone yeah possibly <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like you know the only telephone in the house that was where yeah. it was supposed to go and it was really funny because it was in the closet but I think back then it might not have been a closet you yeah know? it probably they probably turned it into a nice walking closet yeah. um so yeah <laughs> that was really funny well before you go I wanted to ask you real quick mm-hmm. your favorite podcast so I would say, other than Hello San Pedro, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, uh, Bigger Pockets okay. for real estate investing, mm-hmm. and I love Masters of Scale with Reed Hoffman. Okay. So they interview the founders of companies like, like he interviews uh, Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook. Oh wow. The founder of Zoom, mm-hmm. the founder of uh, Cla- 
Class Pass, which mm -hmm. that one's really cool. I've Spanx. heard from the owner of like, Class Pass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, I forgot her name from Spanx, but she's amazing. Yeah. Her episode's really funny, oh and she gosh. talks about how she didn't even know funding was like an option. Like yeah. it just. And she owns like a hundred percent, right? Yeah, like, like she's never gotten a, like any type of public funding. Yeah, it's amazing to see like the they're just average people that yep. had an idea. Yep. And that is one of the reasons why I love development or like uh, real estate investing mm -hmm. because you don't have to be the, like this super smart. Like of course they're smart people, but you don't have to be a genius and you don't have to have endless amounts of money mm -hmm. to really do something that could be huge. Right. Yeah. Totally. Any other podcasts? Um, I would say those are my my go-to's right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of like afford anything. It's one I just started listening to. I love like money podcasts uh -huh. and like anything having to do with finances and personal finance. Yeah. And sometimes they're like way over my head, but <laughs> most of the time I can keep up, and it yeah. motivates me to really like. Oh, you know what? Like I didn't start investing into my 401k until I started listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, before it was like, eh, I'll get to it. But after I started listening, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I am really missing out if I don't jump in there right mm -hmm. away you know mm -hmm. um, afford anything is a good one because I think like every fourth uh, episode of the month they do they she just talks about income property mm -hmm. um, she's like a big real estate investor you know and that's that's how she found financial freedom you know yeah. um, and then I, I listened to so money mm -hmm. um, I was telling Stacy that they she's not really she doesn't understand bitcoin at all so she like doesn't advise anyone yeah. to buy bitcoin she's like i don't know go to someone else just be safe don't do it yeah um, but i really like that you know we're here in crypto space and yeah. we're you know recording here i really like that there's so much to be learned here yeah. you know not only about investing into digital currency you know which is something we all could learn more about mm -hmm. Because um, who knows, it might have a really, really big space in the future. Which yeah, and already like, because like, Stacy's my sister, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like they're doing so many amazing things. Mm -hmm. Like I think in March they're uh, doing some training for LAPD on uh, like cyber security oh, and like awesome. the legal aspects of it. Yeah. Because they're actually one of the only legal exchanges in the country yeah so that's a really cool thing this it's is like really cool yeah it's yeah. this isn't like some underground business yeah. <laughs> which i think a lot of people assume they're like oh like crypto uh -huh. but they're 100 percent legal and they're like doing everything the right way and they're really getting involved in the community and making sure it's a safe space which is so cool it to totally me. is like I, i'm just being here and then talking to stacy and ernesto i'm like you know what this is such a great space where people are going to learn a lot of information especially with you here and having yeah. a wealth of knowledge of real estate investing it's funny because listening to stacy's episode i was like i see the similarities like like growing up we we're only about two years apart so like we went to the same high school we both went to the beauty school together uh -huh. we went to the same college we went to fit uh -huh. and then like the similarities they're obvious when I hear the podcast, but I didn't think about it. Uh -huh. And she's very like numbers, a numbers yeah. person, and I'm very much like that as well. Yeah. I'm like, that's so interesting. We're very similar oh, totally. in that way. I'm like, you guys have like so much knowledge here. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, well, you know what? That wraps up our episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I can't wait to have you. Where can people, you know, learn more about your business or follow you on Instagram? Um, Instagram, I'm at Steph. Trev 
Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's what my handle mm -hmm. is. Um, I'm most active on there. I'm also on Facebook, but I would say I do. If you like looking at pretty houses, every Tuesday I like I story my caravan. This is true. I really <laughs> like. I love all the home pictures that you. I love watching. You know, HGTV and new homes and it's so shiny and beautiful. So yeah, yeah you definitely do. Um, what's your website? Um, so I I have a website through my brokerage. I'm with PLG Estates. So okay. If you just Google my name, mm -hmm. I, I pop up the first one. Okay. Yeah. I'll have everything linked up in the show notes so that listeners can find you very easily. Cool. Um, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and thank, thank you. you for being a guest. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and I wish everyone a wonderful rest of the week and weekend. Hopefully we get some sunshine here. Also, if you are part of the teacher strike and you're out there in the rain, I want to commend you all. Um, we stand with you. We stand with our teachers and we wish you all the support in the world. Uh, of course, this episode is brought to you by CryptoSpace, San Pedro's local cryptocurrency lounge. Learn more at CryptoSpaceUS.com. Thank you.